Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is reminding businesses of the Curb to Compost program, which allows businesses, restaurants to have food waste collection. And this is an important next step in your businesses or restaurants recycling program. You're tuned in to episode number 188 of the Jackson Hole Connection, where I'm sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole with you all, which is the rest of the world. I do enjoy finding quotes to share with everybody. A quote for the day is a nice way to start the day. Here we go. There may be people that have more talent than you, but there's no excuse for anyone to work harder than you do. From somebody we might know out there in the sports world, Derek Jeter. And folks, each of our episodes are possible through the support of our sponsors. Today, we have Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, and they are announcing Curb to Compost program for restaurants and other commercial food waste generators. And guess what? Additional support comes from Jackson Hole Marketplace. We're building badass sandos, that's sandwiches, for breakfast and lunch every weekday. You can order online using the Chow Now app, going to jhmarketplace.com and through Uber Eats. Welcome everybody to the Jackson Hole Connection. This is the place and space, my space, my place, where I get to share stories with you. I'm truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And we have a super episode. And today's guest is Erwin Velasquez. Erwin is helping break down barriers in Jackson Hole with the Latin community through yoga, personal training, and mentoring. The younger Erwin was an active semi-professional soccer player. And with life changes, as we all know, life does change who we are and how our bodies are, he realized a change needed to happen to take better care of his body. He accepted this challenge in life that he needed to make a change or he was on a path to major health problems. As Irwin shares with us today, he was willing to do that hard work and to make sacrifices to live a healthier life. And over time, Irwin found the passion to share what he learned about health to the Latin community here in Jackson Hole. That community has a need for better health. Today, Erwin is touching many lives each week through his generous work in the health and wellness field. And welcome everybody. Here is Erwin Velasquez. Erwin, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. Wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much, Stephen, for having me here with you. Yeah. Erwin, let's start off with you sharing where were you born and raised, and then how did you end up here in Jackson? So I was born and raised in Colombia, um, and I moved here to Jackson for a job offer back in 2006. What was the job offer? Uh, it was an internship uh, as a student, as a uh, college student. What were you studying that somebody offered you a job offer here? Uh, that was like like a cultural exchange. So I was basically studying computer science, but there was a, like a cultural exchange when you come here 
and you start getting in the culture. So it was uh -huh. just a, a work with Albertson, but it was nothing related to what I was studying. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. So you came to Jackson in 2006. That's the J1 visa as a student. Is that what that is? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And you were in Colombia. So you grew up in Colombia. I grew up in Colombia. Okay. And tell me, what was it like for you growing up in Colombia? Uh, I mean, when I was growing, it was uh, I, I come from the big city. It was nice. I know like the people normally call it like they say, oh, Colombia and it's like dangerous thing. Uh, I mean, Bogota is like any big city in the United States, like any LA or New York, anything can happen. Traffic um, was a, a really good growing up. I have to say really nice environment, peaceful, as I can say, and very family related environment. And how many people live in Bogota? You, so you grew up in Bogota? Yes, Bogota. And, and how many people live it's, there? Right now it's around 8 million persons. Yeah, that's a big place. Maybe even a little bigger. Yes, it's, it's huge. <laughs> now you said it's very family oriented. How does a place of 8 million people give you a feeling of being family oriented? Because it's like a neighborhood. You can relate like in a neighborhood. So pretty much on the street, you know, every single person on the street, you know, every single kid, every single parent. So you spend a lot of time like playing with the kids on the streets and you go in like every single house in the neighborhood. So you are pretty much familiar with every parent, every kid. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, it's not, not like here like when you have like big highways that connect everything right there. Everything is like smaller. So it's easy to move from neighborhood to neighborhood just riding a bicycle or mm -hmm. like even walking. Of course, it's our big cities, a lot of distance that you can cover. And of course, a lot of places that I've never been even. I was 20 years in Colum in Bogota, but still in the neighborhood, in the, we call barrios, like it's a little bigger, like a neighborhood. So you can be around moving. Barrios yes. are the neighborhoods. Are the neighborhood, yes. Okay. And... What did your family think when you were going to go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming? I mean, it, it, I have a family, like my grandparents' family was here in the United States before, so for there was no shock. Uh, but for sure, I was the first to live in front of my, like, immediately family. Family, like, I have older sisters, they never planning to live. So I was there, like, the first person coming out from closest family, moving away. Okay. And you were going to college. Did, has much of your family gone to college? Uh, yes, my older, I have two older sisters. One of them was in college too. She made computer science as well. Uh -huh. And what's it like to be able, I, I'm asking these questions because I know nothing about Columbia and I'm very interested. Oh, please. please, yeah, please yeah. I'm very interested to learn. Uh, yes. um, what, what's the elevation of Bogota, Columbia? So in meters, it's uh, 2,600. That compared to feet, is around 8,000 feet. 8,000, 8,200, Bogota. 8,000 feet? 8,000, 8,200 feet, yes. 200 feet. Jeez. Yes, it's higher. That, that's higher than here. Yes, it's higher than here. Yeah. And so going to college, what's that like in, in Bogota, Colombia? So we, have, um, we don't have too many... A public college, the most of them like like private, 
I was fortunate enough to get in one of the public uh, when you don't really pay that much for the college, for the t uh, t tuition. Um, the most of the privates, they are like really expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, but like you have quite a few ways to get in the public. So you can do an exam. Uh, when you finish your high school, you get like a, everyone who finished high school get like an exam and you get like a, a point. And the higher that you get the points, the easier that you can get to a public college or sometimes the private even give you try to like a scholarship, mm -hmm. but it's not like, not like here that like you have like 100% scholarship because you are like super good on something. They offer you like 10%, 20%, something like that. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was easier to get in the public college. Okay, cool. So after that year in 2006 that you came here, did you go back home? Yes, I was uh, quite a few times back and forward. Okay. So did you finish your degree in computer science in Columbia? I finished all my subject, but I never graduated. Oh, okay. Yes. But even though you didn't graduate, you still have some specialty degrees or training that you do. Um, but before we get into that, then I'm curious, when did you come back to Jackson and finally settle here permanently? Uh, so I settled in 2010. Okay. I was back and forward for four years and I set a final in 2010. Okay. And you have some certification trainings because of some of the things that you do yes. for your work here. Uh, what are those? So I have a, in yoga, I have a 200 hour certification training uh, in base yoga and 100 hours on uh, hot yoga. Okay. So 200 hour certification training in yoga and 100 hours of hot yoga? Oh, yoga, yes. Woo. So to start yoga, you start like in the main basic and then you can specialize in like Hatha yoga, hot yoga, hot fusion, Ashtanga is many different various things that you can focus on it. Yes. And where did you go receive your training in for so yoga? It was right here at the current place where I work, the inversion. They make yoga training and they are, they are in alliance with the yoga light. That is like a full organization in United States. And so you teach yoga at Inversion? I teach yoga at Inversion at, at Four Seasons. So at, at Four Seasons, I teach like to the guests who come to the uh, resort and they want to enjoy the time, they want to do exercise. And in Inversion, my main focus has been for the Latino community to approach the Latino to the yoga world. What's it been like? getting the Latino community here in Jackson to accept yoga and participate in it? Well, has been a really tough path, I have to say. Has been a really long <laughs> work, you know, especially because, you know, we as a Latino, male Latinos, we have the macho men when you have to be on the job, on the gym, lifting weights, on may, or maybe on the soccer fields, playing soccer with a bunch of other guys. So when this... Colombian come and say like, oh, you know, it's a yoga path that we can go. We can go in the room, do all these kind of weird movements. So I get a lot of rejection at the beginning, a lot of them. And then I start creating like the first wave that I started getting was like the grandmas who want to like start moving and do something that was no really physical challenge. So that was like the first wave that I was able to catch the attention. Then the grandmas start bringing like the daughters, like, 30, 40 years old, they start realizing, oh, this is really good for me. I've been helping you with my 
back pain, with my shoulder pain, with my headaches, blah, blah, blah. And then this group of 30, 40 years old women now start bringing the daughters, 15, 16, the sons, even few of the husbands already start coming to the class. Oh. So, so has been has been a really hard part. Has been in the beginning, I was even called different names because like you see this Colombian Latino who prefer to be in a room with a bunch of people sweating instead of be lifting weights. So it's like, ugh. <laughs> you were being um, kind of segmented out in your community as maybe not very macho Latino. Exactly. You know, like the normal macho men who want to like go in the soccer and kick some other people and lift them away because I'm so strong and I can do it. I bet they had a different perspective once when they saw you doing some of those yoga moves or they tried to do them. Exactly. Like when they start seeing and say like, well, look at me. And I have a, and I have a special thing because so I, the way why I start doing yoga. So when I moved here, I was... Um, I was doing a job that required no moving at all. I was like zero moving. So my whole life, I was like really active. I was like placed second soccer league on my country. I was really unchafed. And I moved to the United States and like completely doing nothing. No moving, no nothing. So I get overwhelmed. I was at one point in my life, I was 220 pounds. Well, I, I don't know how tall you are. So I don't know. I, I mean, 220 I, is a lot, no matter I, what. You're 5'10 and you are 220 I, pounds? 220 pounds. So what I start having now? Uh, uh, right now, currently I am 175. All right. Okay. But I start having problems with my back because I was sitting all the time. I was not doing nothing. I was not eating healthy. So I made it to the doctor. I said, the doctor said, you know, you start getting way too big. You are not moving. You have to start doing something. You have been active your full life. Maybe something should be changed. So one day I wake up, I said, you know, I quit my job. I'm going to start changing. Total different thing. I want to start to doing everything different. And I say myself, in one year, I have to be done of this way. I have to go back to shape. So I start training and the doctor say, well, you cannot start lifting or running or something because you are too heavy. You have to start with something lighter. They say, he said, try yoga. So one day I was passing by inversion. I saw people practicing. I was like, well, I guess going to jump on it. So I jumped one class. I remember was the hardest classes that I ever do. Because it was hot yoga, and I didn't know what was hot yoga in that moment. <laughs> so it's 105 degrees, 50% humidity, weighing 220 pounds. I didn't bring chores. I was in sweatpants and a teacher. It was horrible the first day. But I was like, well, I, li I like it, and I keep continuing. You were uh, cracking me up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just imagine this big guy tried to do it in sweatpants when everything was in charge. And I was like, of course, I was chained on my body at that point. So I don't want to take my cheer off either. So I was like, wow. And then I started doing, but like, I know that's why I try to focus on Latino because I know the classes are a little expensive for some of the people. They are like $25, $30 classes. And I was like, well, I like it this, but I don't have, really have the option to go too often because it's not, it's not, it's not cheap. So I talked to the owner. She always has been supporting it. She's amazing. She's Louis Samasti, she's the most amazing boss I ever had. And she was like, well, we need somebody to clean the place. And we have this option that's karma clean. You can clean the place one day and you can have the classes for free. I was like, let's do that. So I clean once a week and I can take as many classes as I want. So I was like, cool. And I was like that. I will say like probably a year and a half. And then I was, she was like, 
we have a nice conversation with her once in a while. And she was like, you know, you're pretty much the only Latino male or woman who actually come and stay has been practiced consistently for almost two years. Had you ever think about teaching the Latino community? So she planted the seed right there on me. I was like, well, that sounds actually amazing. I probably should be start trying to go on. So she offered me to take the training with them and pay the training to cleaning the place as well. Because a, a yoga training is not, a, 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 it's not easy. It's not easy and it's not cheap as well. It's, it's expensive. So she was like, well, keep cleaning the place. So I was working my morning normal job, training during the day and cleaning the place during the night to be building through it. And I made my hours, my certification, and then I started jumping on the classes. I remember how the first time I have a class, I was one single person who come to the class. And that person doesn't speak English, doesn't speak Spanish. So like, it's a Spanish class and the only person who show up doesn't speak Spanish. So it was, it was, it was a hard beginning, but so far has been really, really lovely, has been growing my heart, joined the community together on it. Now, how many, how many years was that process from your first class that you took as a student, a student to, um, or just a, you know, a customer mm-hmm. to the time that you were certified as a yoga instructor? I will say two and a half years. Okay. So I was, I was like two years practicing. Um, so like I tell you, first year I practiced to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to lose, I was to, I made it to 170 on the first years. Not only yoga, of course, I take care of my, of my food, I take care of more things, but it was a good part of it. And then like six months when I tried, I take the training and I start to get involved on the classes. Because as soon as you take the training, it's not like you finish the training today and you're going to start teaching tomorrow. You mm-hmm. have to go with a teacher that has been trained for a while. You have to see how they teach. You have to go maybe different studios to see the techniques of the people teaching. And how many Spanish yoga classes do you teach here in the community a week? Currently, I am teaching three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. And what is the um, participation in your classes now? So I, I, I made a, a deal with the owner. So I was like, well, you know, normally it was classes until 6, 6.30 p.m. And after that, the studio was empty. I was like, well, what if we put that class for the Latino community later in the day? Because I realized... The most of the Latinos, the most of the grandmother work until like nine to five, nine to six. So if they yeah. want to come to class, they have to come later in the day. So like you have nobody in the studio at this time. I could be calm, take it all, everything. I sign the people. I do everything. And let's do a nice special price for the people. The Latino community is not going to spend $25 for a class. No way. Mm-hmm. Let's do a $10. Drop it. People come. It's cash right there. $10 and the people can start joining so we start like that who has been teaching the same five dollar class for the last five plus years and currently we're having like more than 20 person per class and i have to say it's not only latinos people come to join people love to practice spanish at the same time they are learning i made it really convenient for the people it was like i see somebody struggling that doesn't speak in spanish i will go like okay let's go one side english one side spanish so we can all be on the same page and we all can enjoy the class and you charge, did you say $5 or $10 a class? $10 a class. The studio charge $10 a class. The studio. 
Yeah. Yes. Good for you. Way to way to go, Erwin. Ah, uh, thank you. What a super accomplishment. Yeah, that has been something really good. I'm really happy for the community. Some people say, like, oh, did a yoga teacher really make money on this? I was like, well, if you really want to make money, I'm going to be teaching one-to-one when I can charge people X amount of... But mm-hmm. it's not that regardless of the bring all these grandmas to the class and they feel really well. All these people say like, oh, you know, has been used to have pain on my back. I don't have any more and I'd love to come practicing with you. Mm-hmm. So that is more... For me, it's more regardless of the warmer to the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And you're doing something else. You're also, you told me a personal trainer. Yes, I'm a personal trainer. I take the certification on a certification and I just teach that on the side. I mean, I didn't teach in a, like a gym right now at all. The only thing that I teach is in the four season when uh-huh. somebody requires a personal training certificate, a personal training class. Other way, pretty much I just keep it on the side as a, something that I just use for my own practice. Do you do you want to go to a gym to help the Latino community with personal training? I, 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 that was the main idea, but then I said, like, well, really much. It's a lot of gyms around the area that have a lot of amazing professionals on the field. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, probably that I, I take the certification because of that. And then I said, like, well, probably this is no what I want to be one more of the in many of the people who are in many of the genes there. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let's keep focus on the yoga. Let's make it work. Let's try to bring more people as much as we can. And from there, maybe you can go in a different direction after that. I, I like how you've determined that you want to put focus on just the yoga. And you know, adding to that though, I would also probably gather that you're probably the only um you know, Spanish speaking personal trainer or one of the very few in this town with how large of a Spanish speaking population we have? I will, you know, I will say it's a surprise. It's quite a few personal trainers that speak Spanish. Uh-huh. Oh, are there? Okay. I even back in the time, it used to be like a cycling revolution. Now it's Kobe. Now it used to be one person who teach uh, cycling. So pretty much it's like, it's keep it under the people is not like promote himself, but it's a little more of that feel uh-huh. that in the yoga, I consider I am the only one Latino uh, native speaker, Spanish speaker that is on the field. Okay. All right. I, I didn't know that there were many native Spanish speaking trainers. Now the gym I go to in the morning, uh, there are a lot of Latinos who are there early in the morning, 5.15, 5.30 in the morning. It's it's busy. What what Dean Dean Jim do? Um, I go to I go to Jackson Hole Health and Fitness uh, most mornings, but then I also go to Training to Be Balanced. But there's not any native Spanish speakers at Training to Be Balanced. I mean, Augie might be. He's he's the owner, Augie Hernandez. But um, you know, Jackson Hole Health and Fitness they open at five fifteen in the morning, and there's people waiting. That is the in the on in the Aspen. No, it's right next to the boot barn. But okay, yeah. And so, Erwin, this is amazing what you're doing for for the community, not not just community as a as a whole, but also just the the Latin community, the native Spanish speakers, because how you're helping them with their health ensures that they live a good, happy life. So, you know, I have as well the new project that I get it was like 
So this uh, Rune community has been here that is called Teton Tour Rune has been here for years, like really many, many years. And I just get involved like three years with them. Um, I, I am a former, after I lost my weight, I decided to run a marathon just because the hell of running. Good work. So one day after I lost the weight, I say, you know, I want to accomplish something bigger. And I decided to start training for a marathon. So I participated in Jackson Hall Marathon. Um, and then from then I started doing quite a few races. I was doing, I was doing pretty good. Um, I was able to run Chicago Marathon. I was able to qualify for Boston. So I, I was doing pretty good, but I was like, well, I would like to bring this to the community as well. So the Tito Trail Runner during the summer, uh, we as our organization, we go to different locations around the valley to run. So I have been getting Baldwin then to try to one more time, bring the Latino community for this runs. People are afraid, are like, oh, I'm not fast enough. Uh, I, I know I'm really a runner. I don't know where to go. I was like, well, this is just open group to go to everyone. You can just go hiking. You can just go walking. You can jog. You can go as far as you can. You are really physical trained. So it's just open thing to bring more people to the upside during the summertime. Unfortunately, we as a Latino, we spend way too much time in the world. We don't worry about go check it out things, go see more things, go join with the nature, mm -hmm. go find a new lake, a new trail. So that has been my last two years, I will say, has been like the new focus that I have for the summertime. Yeah, I've, I've heard that there is a lot of the Latino community or a segment of the Latino community that sometimes they've never even been into the park. I mean, yeah, it's, it's incredible how you talk to the people and are like, how long has you been here? 10 plus year. Had you been in Yellowstone? No. Had you been in Grand Teton? No. Had you been in the old refuge back in there? No. The, mm -hmm. Most people just go work, two jobs, don't have able to time to go out, to do anything. The mm -hmm. most of the kids stay at home on season, maybe watching by the older kids, something like that. So it's really, it's really hard. And it's something that I would like to bring as well to the community. That's, so that's great. In combined with that, I was last winter working with the Cut Foundation and with the Snoking. Uh, they have a program that they bring the most Latinos kids to the ski in the Snoking Mountain. So I was teaching a ski for the Latino community as well. So my idea was like yoga year around, summer raining, uh, running, winter ski. I, I bet you haven't gained that 220 pounds back yet. I has been You're staying active. <laughs> yeah, I try to stick as happy as I can. Yes. Good. But, but that, my story, I want to bring awareness to the people as well, because in one point I was 220 pounds. I was not healthy. I was no at all. But then when I decided to go down, I made a way to look as well. One time I was just under 165. So I was like, well, that was I already made it all the way to the other side. So I was not as healthy as either. Mm -hmm. So I tried to bring awareness to the people like, well, extremes are no good, any of the two. So you are 220, it's no good, but you are 160 when you are 510, it's no good at all. So let's keep the balance where you love your body, when you know you are healthy, when you know you are strong and fit at the same time. Yeah, you have to, there's balance in everything for sure. It should be, exactly. And so I, I try to bring the awareness on the people. It's like, I know you Latinos have to work a lot, have to try to find two jobs, but it should be balanced when you go enjoy a hike go enjoy a lake 
go enjoy one day on the mountain, learn how to ski. People have been here 10 years and never has been on a ski. They are afraid to break in less. They are, I mean, I was like, anything ha happened anywhere is how you approach it in how safety you are. If you take a class with somebody who's gonna teach you, it's not like you're gonna jump and then and just go to the top of the mountain. You have to go up path. You're gonna be in, in the bunny hill for weeks, months, who knows? But you have to enjoy the time out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, Erwin, I'm so enjoying learning about your impact here in this community. We are going to take a quick break to have a word from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to come right back. Oh, thank you so much. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is excited to announce the commencement of the new Curb to Compost program for restaurants and other commercial food waste generators. Recycling food waste by composting has many benefits for your business and the Jackson Hole environment. To discuss details about the Food Waste Compost Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. Erwin, welcome back. You are a person of big impact here in the Jackson Hole community, especially in, in the Latino community, who is in need of being serviced in certain areas for health, human services, for um, exercise. And you were just saying how you yourself saw that there was a problem with your health and you took action on that. What set you apart from why you took action and your cultural background versus why you feel maybe other people are not taking action and, and whether they're part of the Latino community or not? There's a lot of non-Latinos in this community and the rest of the world that don't just take action with protecting their health. See, I think how I see is the set mentality, how people say like, well, if this is me, I just have to accept myself and go with the things. There's nothing I can do. Uh, the people don't give the chance to give a try. Maybe for me it was easy because before I get really overweight, I was really physical, really good shape. I was like semi-professional soccer player. And so I know what I could be do if I really put the work for it. So I was like, well, if I put the work, I know where physically I can be. Some people have been never tried. Nobody has been planting the seed to so let you know, you can do this. You can challenge yourself. It doesn't have to be a big challenge. It can be one step at a time. You don't have to go and start lifting 100 pounds. You can go and start with a two pounds weight. You can start with a 100 steps a day. You can start with walking one mile away. So some people say it's not as easy as I say it, but I totally say one day you can wake up and say, I'm tired of this, I'm done with this, I can change. And this is not only for health, 
physically, mentally, for relationships, for things that are hurting you at any point and at any level. I, I like what you said on across the board, but one item that really stuck out is you have to work for it. Yes. No results comes to anybody without work. You know, if somebody says, hey, I'm not a runner, the only way to be a runner is to start running. The only way to be a walker is to start walking. The only way to be a reader is to start reading. Exactly. The little change. I mean, you say, oh, I don't really, really like to read. Well, stay with a page a day. Stay with two pages. Soon you know it, you start reading and you're going to get it up there too. Mm -hmm. The same with swimming, running, any sport, anything that you start. You start small. Nobody, not even the best lifter, not even the best runner start doing 100 miles a week. Nobody. We Everyone starts from a zero, one step forward. That first step is the one that the most people are afraid to take. If you take that step, if you need a break, if you need someone's support, 100%, always, somebody's always listening. You can always reach to somebody. Say that again. The first step is? The hardest one to start. Yes. That's so true. That's with, with a lot. Of, that's with everything, man. Yeah. Yeah. What's next for you, Erwin? You're a personal trainer. You have this running club for anybody can come join your running club. Anybody can join in the classes of the yoga. It's total zero level to the Mox Sportive. It's room for everyone. Running club from the person who want to walk 100 meters to the person who want to run 10 miles. We normally do pine to back and forward. So let's see, we start on the entrance of the El Refuge. You can just walk in 100 meters and come back. You can run one mile. You can run 10 miles and come back. It's open to everyone. We just try to make it safe and wait until everyone is come back. Does your running group or outdoor group have a name? Yes. So I am part of that. It's no personal. I'm part of that. And it's called Teton Trail Runners. Oh, okay. You're part of Teton Trail Runners. Yes. So we can find us on Instagram, Facebook. I try to post every week the runs on Facebook. I try to invite as many people as everyone is always welcome. What are some of your favorite runs and hikes? And do you prefer trail running or road running? So now that I step away from the competitive racing, I uh -huh. way prefer trail running. Why? Because I'm not attached to pace myself to have to be, oh, I have to run this specific time on this specific miles to reach this specific goal. So trail running, as you said, you can just go hiking. You can just a little jogging. You see, you see a beautiful fall, stop and check it out the fall. You see a lake, stop and check it out the lake. You can take as much as that. In the road, you pretty much are just attached to the pavement that we know is not as great for the knees as well, but you don't see that much of the environment. We're living in such a beautiful place that mm -hmm. most people doesn't not even notice. Uh, personally, I mean, if you really want to go easy right here behind and snorkeling, is if you don't even think by so many trails right here, right behind is snorkeling. You only think, oh, it's the snorkeling go up. No, it's many, it's joists, it's swing and swing, it's hiding, it's so many. Uh, I personally like it. It's a little challenge, but I like the um, Cash Creek to Gain Creek. Mm -hmm. it's, it's around 11 miles. It's, it's depending on where you take it, but first it's going to start with a little elevation, then a, a big up, and then go down. I really like that one because you have mountain, you have lake, you have single run, you have more, uh, big path. So that one is a really good one. 
Phelps Lake in the summer. We're going to Phelps Lake in the group and we jump from the jumping rock to the lake. So that one is a really nice one. Uh, hiking to the Sunflower Trail on Village, the one that you can go to the restaurant and you can keep going all the way to the top. Mm -hmm. That was a really nice one too. It's also accessible here. I saw unlimited trails. It's like whatever you're going, you're gonna find trails here. Mm -hmm. It's like so many that you can find. always, always be safe. Take bear spray with you. I say for experience. Last last year, in ninety percent of my runs, I saw a bear. That no kidding. A, a strange year. So I was no normal, but ninety percent, even right here on Grand on Snoking, I saw a bear one day in a run. I've never seen a bear on any of the runs that I've done or biking. Yes. So that's wild that you saw that many bears. I saw so many bears last year. I saw a bear right here in Snoking. I saw a bear in Cash Creek. I saw a bear in Phelps Lake. I saw a bear in the Teton Village. I saw so many bears last year. So always be prepared, bear spray, and try to go with somebody. It's take the most water and snacks. Take water and snacks. Try to always go with somebody or at least let somebody know where are you going. Yeah, that's another very important aspect of it as well. And you know, Teton County Search and Rescue has the Backcountry SOS app, which would be another thing to recommend for your folks to download to their phone, because if they get into a space, a place where they're not familiar, they need help, they can um, access that app and it would give search and rescue their exact coordinates of where they are. Oh, something good to know. I was not informed about that, actually, but I will pass the boys on that. It's really good to know. Yeah. Um, I got disoriented last summer on a hike, and I learned about it after that. Several of my friends recommended that I have that uh, with me now. And that is, that is important. Yeah, it's always, it's always good to, to have it. And always be prepared. For That's every, right. Always, yes. always be prepared. You yes. cannot be over-prepared. Proper previous planning prevents piss-poor performance. That is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's next for you, Erwin? You've next accomplished for, a lot. Uh, yes. Uh, for me, I would like to see more of the Latino people coming. I have been thinking about putting like some classes out on the summer, like in a park or something, when the people could become like just access, just jump on it and say like, well, let's see how that feel. Um, you you say that you worked with Coombs Outdoors. Um, is that correct? Yeah. So I worked last winter with them. Uh -huh. I have been uh, checking them. They have this uh, program when you can be a guide for the groups of kids. Has been checking at that. For sure, it's a little tight with my schedule. I have a lot, a lot of things coming. Uh, but it's a really good option if somebody wants to sign the kids from the Cut Foundation. Is They have a really nice summer hiking uh and they have a like a training for the people who want to be the guy and they have like cpr like first ad so that is really important yeah that's nice to know that um everybody's certified for for those types of things what a remarkable impact that is happening here and do you feel that now that you've participated you've helped out with coombs that you've seen more people come over to you for being outdoors, for some exercise or participating in yoga? I mean, I will say cups have helped, unfortunately. Like in the wintertime, it's not as easy as to be recognized because you are pretty much goggle, mask, helmet. So it's uh -huh. pretty much not so many people that are going to sit to you. But the things that has been doing upside for sure has been bringing a lot of people 
the awareness of and sometimes I and in Arona like I was like oh teacher how are you I'm like oh hello I don't even recognize the people I know but somebody has been in my class somebody now somebody recognized me and somebody say like oh look this guy he's still going out he's still doing the thing so let's get involved on this mm-hmm. that's that's awesome that's awesome now inversion it has a website what's what's their website for people to see yeah so let me check it out right here i have so you can find it on google as, as inversion yoga and right there on the schedule part you can find me on the schedule like i said before monday wednesday and fridays uh the website is inversionjh.com okay and right there in the menu you can find the schedule and uh, i mean not only my uh, we have few classes that ten dollars as well uh i personally teach monday wednesday and friday 7 30 p.m but it's a barely option right there you have the money to put for the classes i classes since 30, 6 30 in the morning all the way to 7 30 p.m pilates yoga stanga vinyasa jinjan hit yoga all kind of classes that all of them are like great for anyone mm-hmm. that is so true so true well erwin i have so enjoyed getting to know you and having you share your story and congratulations on your accomplishments great work you oh. definitely kept it going and i wouldn't be do you te- coach soccer as well <laughs> <laughs> i currently not coach soccer now um, the first couple of years i come here uh, the reason why i left soccer when i was professional player i have an accident when i cut my left leg so i lost the mobility of my foot for quite a few years mm. and i come back from it take me like 10 years to get full back on mobility and the first couple of years i was working here on this in the united states i tried to parallel soccer but was no was not the same feeling was not the love anymore for it uh-huh. so has been thinking about coaching to bring the kids because there are a lot of kids who love soccer uh but unfortunately a little time on the schedule with serving job full-time job where i have to make some money to live plus all the things that i try to bring to a community that pretty much don't make too much of the of the budget yeah i i yeah you can't do everything can't do everything yeah well thank you so much erwin for taking the time to share your story and i look forward to people tuning in and listening and commenting and uh keep those yoga classes full for you oh thank you so much for having me and uh i will say like please check it out the website for inversion inversionjacksonhope.com check it out my facebook my facebook page if you ever want to reach to me to have even a war, even a coffee, I always talk to the people. Just lend the people now. Somebody always hearing right there. You can find me as a Erwin Eduardo Velasquez on Facebook, or you can find me as a Velasquez Erwin on Instagram. And like, please don't be aware, don't be afraid, sorry, to shoot me a text. I always answer to everyone and always willing to say a word and always willing to help on my knowledge. Well, you are a superb fellow. Uh, person, an individual. And thank you for doing what you do for our community, for your community. Thank you. So much. One more thing, if you ever, or somebody want to join to Teton Torones as well, you can find it on Facebook, Instagram, and shoot a text right there as well. Everyone is always checking right there. And join us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. for runs during the summertime. 
I know I mean, um, my wife has joined them a few times before, but it's been a few years. Well, we're currently, this is, was the first winter. We actually run the whole winter every Tuesday. We made it the whole winter. Nice. It was not officially, but like on the side. But still, now we start going to the normal back sketch on the summertime. So please join us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Join me on the yoga classes, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7.30 p.m. Yeah. Well, you know, right now we're still back in the winter. So um, the it'll be a little bit longer before the trails are open again. <laughs> we can run in the El Refuge or the Bypass. It's always open. It's always an option to go. Just that's right. Just that is so true. Properly. Yep, that's right. Well, thank you, Erwin. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Stefan. It's so nice to be right here, and I will see you on the road. You got it. Take care, buddy. Have a wonderful day. You too. To learn more about Erwin Velasquez and his yoga classes and other great work he does in the Jackson Hole community, visit thejacksonholeconnection.com, episode number 188. Thank you, everybody who helps keep this podcast going. My wife, Laura, my boys, Lewis and William, and my editor and marketing director, Michael Morey. And Michael has his own podcast business. He can help you launch your own podcast today. I appreciate you sharing your time with me today. And cheers till next week when I see you here for another episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.